up yet, she mouthed. Sarah shook her head. Not yet. Laura glanced at the clock on the wall, which dominated her busy life, and saw that she had ten minutes before she had to get Alex up for school. Pulling Sarah into the small sitting room, which overlooked the high street, she shut the door behind them and turned to her sister, her whole body trembling. Constantine Carantinos is in London, she began, the whispered words falling out of her mouth like jagged little fragments of glass. Her sister scowled. And? Laura willed her hands to stop shaking. He's throwing a party, she swallowed. And they say he's getting engaged to a Swedish supermodel. Sarah shrugged. What do you want me to say? That it's a surprise? No, but I... But what, Laura? demanded Sarah impatiently. You can't seem to accept that the no-good bastard you slept with hasn't an ounce of conscience. That he never gave you another thought. He... He what? Refused to see you? Why, you couldn't even get a single meeting with the great man, could you, Laura? No matter how many times you tried, he's never even taken your phone calls. You were good enough to share his bed, but not good enough to be recognised as the mother of his child. Laura shot an agonised look at the closed door, straining her ears as she wondered if Alex had done the unheard of and managed to get himself out of bed without his mother or his auntie gently shaking him awake. But then, seven-year-old boys were notoriously bad at getting up in the morning, weren't they? And they became increasingly curious as they got older, kept asking questions she wasn't sure how to answer. Shh! I don't want Alex to hear. Why not? Why shouldn't he know? that his father happens to be one of the richest men on the planet, while his mother is working her fingers to the bone in a bread shop, trying to support him. I don't want to. But her words tailed off. Didn't want to what, exactly? Laura wondered. Didn't want to hurt her beloved son, because it was the duty of every mother to protect her child. Yet she had been finding it increasingly difficult to do that. Just last month, Alex had come home with a nasty-looking bruise on his cheek, and when she had asked him what had happened, he had mumbled and become very defensive. It had only been later that she'd discovered he'd been involved in some kind of minor skirmish in the playground. And later still, that she had discovered the cause, when she'd gone tearing into the school, white-faced and trembling, to seek a meeting with the headmistress. It transpired that Alex was being bullied because he looked different. Because his olive skin, black eyes and towering height made him look older and tougher than the other boys in his class. And because the little girls in the class, even at the tender ages of six and seven, had been following the dark-eyed Alex around like eager little puppies. Like father, like son, she had thought with a pang. Laura had felt a mixture of troubled emotions as she'd gone home that day. 
She'd wanted to ask her son why he hadn't hit back. But that would have gone against everything she had taught him. She had brought him up to be gentle, to reason rather than to lash out. For two pins, she would have withdrawn her son from the school and sent him somewhere else. But she didn't have the luxury of choice. The next nearest state school was in the neighbouring town, and not only did Laura not have a car, but the bus service was extremely unreliable. Lately her son had been asking her, more and more frequently, about why he looked different. He was an intelligent little boy, and sooner or later he wouldn't allow her to fob him off with vague and woolly pieces of information about a father he had never seen. If only Constantine would just talk to her, acknowledge his son, spend a little time with him. That was all she wanted.